Hey everyone, I'm Jonathan Grzbowski and this is a Blind Entrepreneurship bonus episode brought to you by Penji, a podcast that helps entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision to profitability. This week's episode, we're talking to Robin Mars of the Garces Foundation, and it's about providing support and resources to Philadelphia's immigrant community. The episode highlights Robin's story. It also highlights all the things that the Garces Foundation does, and it's done by our Director of Partnerships, Sakina Brody, on a new segment that, that we are launching called Community Conversations that is going to be released every Thursday on our Facebook. Robin Morris is the Executive Director of the Garces Foundation, and in the 40-minute conversation, she talks about providing resources for immigrants, the behind-the-scenes details of running a nonprofit, how we can become better allies in some of her favorite food cities in the country. Here at Penji, we support those who are helping their communities. Robin and the Garces Foundation are currently looking for volunteers in legal counsel, medical, design, marketing, and teaching. Please support them and share this interview. It would mean the absolute world to us. All the links in order to do so will be in the show notes. As always, please reach out at any time, connect with me directly on any social media platform under J or Penji's, which is .penji. And lastly, head over to tbeshow.com, which is this podcast website, and drop a comment and let us know how you were able to help Robin and the Garces Foundation. You won't want to miss next week's episode where we talk about building a creative ecosystem. Catch you next Monday, and until then, go out there and execute your vision, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. All right, looks like we're live and we're running. <laughs> My name is Sakina. We are here with uh, Robin Morris of the Garces Foundation. We are actually live at WeWork here in Philly. Um, and we're going to be talking to Robin about the foundation, the work that she does as an executive director, and all the, the good stuff that comes along with her job. So you want to tell people a little bit about the Garces Foundation. Um, I know that the foundation provides a lot of resources for the immigrant community here in Philly, um, whether that's health resources, uh, information, knowledge, etc. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what you guys do and how long you've been around? I would love to. First, thanks for having me. This yeah. is fun. My first Facebook Live interview. Uh, so the Garces Foundation was founded by Chef Jose Garces and Dr. Beatrice Garces in 2012. Uh, there was a an employee who worked in one of Jose's kitchens who um, was sick, came to work every day, and you know his coworkers were saying, got to go to a hospital, got to see a doctor. He wouldn't go until one day he collapsed, and they brought him to see Dr. Garces. And uh, by then, you know, she got him to a hospital, but by then the, it was too late to actually help him. He had um, a cancer that was too advanced. He was 26 years old, so the Garceses paid for his medical treatment and um, flew him back to Mexico to see his daughter and say goodbye to his family. And they decided like, this is a problem across the whole city. Uh, and there's so many immigrants working in the restaurants who aren't getting basic care, even though they pay taxes. Uh, so we're gonna set up a foundation to take care of healthcare. And then shortly thereafter, Jose also realized that there are all these incredibly talented people, these same people in the kitchens who aren't able to advance because they don't have um, the basic language skills uh so they're stuck in dishwasher jobs um you know back of house low-paying jobs so he and um this incredible person named mallory lopez came up 
with a curriculum, which she largely did, it was his idea, but uh, to um, do an English language class that is focused a lot on language you need to advance professionally. Well, also, you know, like basic language skills too, so you can talk to your daughter's teacher, whatever that kind of thing is. But this way people can gain greater financial security, um, move from those low paying jobs to more stable jobs. So we've been around for seven years um, and yeah, that's what we do. I think that was a long answer, but thank you. <laughs> awesome. So you previously stated that without immigrants, we would be astonished at how the city's affected. Uh, I wanted you to expand a little bit more on that. Like we talked about how big the uh, Latin people are in the restaurant industry and other industries as well. What did you mean by that? We would be astonished about um, how the city would be affected if all the immigrants were gone. I can't imagine how we would maintain all the restaurants that we have. I mean, that we wouldn't have, um, we wouldn't have restaurants without immigrants. They are the backbone of the restaurant industry. Uh, so it would be truly an astonishing thing to deport and take, you know, these great people out of our city. It would change, it would be most obvious that way. I mean, I would also say that Philadelphia is a city that's really benefited from, um, from immigrants. It's made it such a dynamic, um, place it's brought like all this new life um and new cultures here and it would also change it in that way but um i think restaurants would just be utterly shocking for people and they immigrants do the jobs that american workers generally don't want to do yeah um i just talked with rich landau from veg restaurant and he was saying that you know their very best workers are these four Latino immigrants who started when the restaurant opened, they're like family, they have, you know, they work all the hours, they do, you know, they're like tireless, loyal, um, great people. And that's, I mean, sorry, I don't know how to conclude that sentence, but yeah. to emphasize that point. No, and that makes a lot of sense. Uh, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've seen that plague the immigrant community? Is it lack of resources? Is it lack of legal knowledge about their rights? Is it health? Um, like you stated the story earlier, is it health issues, finance issues? What exactly do you think are some of the biggest challenges? Oh my God, you asked such good questions. Um, <laughs> So it actually is kind of all those things. Um, Philadelphia has the sixth largest Latino population. Is that right? Something like that. Very high Latino population here. Um, and Latinos have the highest rates in the city of diabetes, obesity, and then also of part-time jobs. Um, so they have like uh, inability to advance economically, which is a serious struggle. Um, and then healthcare. And there's an I would say that actually the biggest thing is fear. It's um, being afraid to go to a, a doctor, being afraid of ICE and not knowing what your basic rights are. Um, and those are the, the things that hold the community back um, and keep people isolated. Um, and one of the great things that Jose and Beatrice Garces have done is built this incredible trust within the community. So it's, um, like when there's fear, people don't stop coming to us. They come in greater numbers. Since the election in 2016, um, we've had record numbers for our healthcare, for our English classes, and people come to us for, you know, other like connections, getting an attorney, finding out what their rights are, you know, if they're being harassed at work, whatever it is. 
um, so we really would do a great job with issues around fear. Yeah. And speaking on fear, uh, we know recently that they've started to do ICE raids and deportation raids. Um, how important is it for immigrants to know their rights? And does the foundation provide any type of legal counsel or information? And for people that are watching, how can they get involved? Like say they're a lawyer or they work for a law firm. How can we help out? Oh my God. Great. Thank you. Um, yes. So we're doing two workshops this month with attorney, immigration attorneys. So people know if ICE knocks at your house, you know, on your door, if they come to work, what, what they can do, you know, you don't have to open the door, for example. Um, so there's a lot of fear. We're addressing that with getting actual legal advice or, you know, putting on social media. We're also giving it out to all our students in person. Uh, and attorneys can volunteer, not just for us, but for all the immigration nonprofits around the city, just to get information out because it is the lack of information that really, like, it, whole, I don't know, it causes more terror. Um, so yeah, I mean, we would love to have attorneys come and do more workshops. What else did you ask in that do, question? Do you think the the government is doing a lot of that fear mongering, specifically the president? So we're an um i'm not i'm not an advocacy group i think that you ask a good question that makes a lot of sense given what's in the news yeah. um uh i think it speaks for itself yeah. but i'm not allowed to talk yeah. more about it. i wish i could because you said that the numbers have risen with more fear since the 2016 election yeah so i just i had to be careful okay <laughs> gotcha gotcha it's all good uh, what sparked your passion in doing this type of work and what, what were you doing before? Ah, um, well, so I've always been interested in like the expansion of rights and the struggle for all people to have full rights in our country. Um, it's just like, since I was little, it's just been, I found it very compelling. So I've tried to figure out how I could do that. Um, I'm, I came to Philadelphia to get my master's degree in American political history, and I realized like there's no way I'm getting a PhD because I don't want to sit around talking about this stuff. I want to do something. Um, and I, since the Garces Foundation began, I've admired it from afar. I just really think they do such, or now we do, but such important work. Um, and also, my father, who passed away two years ago, um, when his retirement, he did serious volunteering for a group called Neighbors Link in, in New York, um, which supported immigrants. And it was like so important and moving to him and I feel like a connection also with, with my father um, since then and doing that same kind of work. What are, what are some of the biggest success stories that you've seen from the work of the Garces Foundation? Like is a specific story, somebody came and told you this changed my life and how it impacted them, what would you say? Uh, yeah, we have, um, I mean, a lot of people have advanced there. We have people who've gone, I can tell you, like from dishwashing positions or um, runners, and they're now wait staff. Um, you know, there's somebody at Amada, there are, and other restaurants. We actually um, have about 50 different restaurants represented in our students. It's not just Garces restaurants at all. Um, there is a chef. Um, who opened a restaurant on Point Bistro, which is fantastic. And he went through a program and now he's a owner and head chef. Um, wow. Yeah, the head chef at Tinto went through a program. 
among others. And then there's just like littler stories of, you know, um, a woman who wasn't able to talk to her daughter's teachers. And that was true for all of the parents, you know, whose um, kids were in the school. Now, now she can communicate and it's a sort of like life changing to not be so isolated, but um, yeah, so it's a range of stories. What does the program and the curriculum entail? Is it restaurant training or do you have other forms of curriculum? So it's English language classes and students come twice a week for 90 minutes and do homework. And then um, we also do some workforce training. So we'll do like front of house training. So people can learn those skills to go along with the language skills. Um, we do baking so that they learn the appropriate math in a language. Um, so yeah, it's, it's jobs, skills, English language. Um, and yeah, then that's, that's it. I know you, you can't give legal advice, um, but is there any information for what people should do if they're illegally detained or, or profiled? And does the foundation provide any legal support? I think we talked a little bit about that earlier. Uh, what should people do if they're like, detained? Or yeah, I mean, I, so what attorneys say is contact an immigration attorney immediately. Okay. Um, but before that happens, I would also go to a workshop, talk to an attorney, just so you know, like, what's your status? Um, so you understand fully what can or cannot happen to you. Um, yeah, and we don't, while we don't um, have attorneys on staff, we do know a lot of attorneys and help connect people and work with other um, nonprofit immigration groups in the city to help. Before we went live, we were talking about uh, what it's like to be the executive director of a nonprofit <laughs> and what that actually means. Uh, so can you, I guess, give some advice or maybe some strategies for how to successfully run a nonprofit? Some of the things that we might not know or see behind the scenes, like what is your, what is your day-to-day -day like? My day-to-day -day is, well, truthfully, it's fundraising because there's like nothing happens if I'm not raising money. Uh, which I didn't really know until I was the executive director. Um, and then, so there, yeah, there's a lot to that, but I would say like cultivate individual donors and build personal relationships because people give to people, um, which is like a key thing that I learned in this job. Um, okay, so, oh, my data, oh yes. Yeah, so my data is largely fundraising, overseeing that we're like doing the mission that, um, you know, the basic things are happening, but but I, as executive director, I think this is true for all of them. It's about raising money. What else did you ask me about? Oh, like what people don't know? Yeah, what people don't know, uh, things you do day to day that people might not know until yeah. your job. Um, it's also about getting volunteers because we're a two-person nonprofit, which is really tiny. And uh, we have about 120 volunteers, though. Wow. So without them, nothing happens. And that's like teachers, doctors, dentists. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's hard work and you'll wake up in the night because you have to like worry about how many months of cash you have on hand. Um, but there, I've never had a better job in my life. Um, and like when you run a nonprofit or when you work at one, you see the direct impact you're having on people's lives. Like when I walk into the office, I walk through a classroom of immigrants that people who have two jobs and they're still coming to class twice a week. Um, it's really moving and inspiring. 
and and so I think a lot of people forget that uh, even though it's a nonprofit, it's still a business at the end of the day. So there's still a bottom line. Yeah, there is. <laughs> is can you expand on that a little bit about that? Like, how do you continue to to make that every every month or every? Month? Oh my God, yeah. So when I started, there was no like annual appeal letter. So I started up doing you know an end of year appeal, um, a summer appeal. We do a big benefit in the spring um, and now we're adding a benefit in the fall and it's like it's constantly like how many months on hand of cash do I have um, and then we also get grants but that's that's all that's a lot um, there's a lot of different ways of having to raise money and um, juggle things are, are there a lot of resources out there for nonprofits that people don't know about and if so can you give some some leads to where people can find more grants and um, grants, I mean, I would go on a place like um, the Philadelphia Foundation has something called Catch a Fire, and you get professionals who will volunteer for you, so you can get grant writing help there, or writing support. Yeah, it's an amazing resource, and it's always so moving how like generous people actually are with their time and, and talents. Um, and well, I don't know why I have such a terrible memory right now. What else, what else am I answering? Uh, grants, uh, yeah. where people can find grants and, and oh, resources no, no, no. for funding. For okay. Nonprofit. Oh, yeah. Um, right. Well, I mean, a lot is like keeping a good donor base so that you are communicating with donors because um, that's where a lot of money comes from. And uh, most money comes from individual donors. Next is grants from foundations. And then third is like corporate sponsorship. Um and also, like, I would just recommend personal professional development, like the, um, there's the Foundation Center out of LaSalle, and there's this place called the Lily School for um, fundraising, something like that, which I listen to their podcasts, I go to their classes, but you're like, you constantly have to learn. You learn a lot just doing it, but it's good to keep educating yourself. You, you mentioned that uh, sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about how much cash you have, <laughs> you have left uh on hand for the month how do you deal with the the ups and downs and the mental strife that comes with such a heavy position because essentially you have a lot of people's lives in your hands and they're coming to you for guidance and for advice and everything so how do you deal with that mentally i don't think i figured it out but um i feel like i need to start meditating and i sometimes exercise but i'm gonna try and work on that more um yeah right <laughs> meditate you uh, do that, that helps a lot it does do you um, do it every day i try to do it every day um i'll go by like a lake or something and oh my god and quiet um some people use apps yeah i just like the sound of nature oh yeah but how can you get to a lake easily um or no, maybe not a lake but uh there's something called Cooper River Park in New oh, Jersey. Oh, so you can hear the sound yeah. of water. Mm -hmm. Just about the water. Um, so that could probably help you. That would help. That would help. Um, Clearing your mind. Yeah, because I feel like I don't, there's like a constant, like, churning of anxiety. Do you ever disconnect and just, just turn off, or is it all? Yes, okay. I do. I have little kids, and so, and I'm divorced, so I have them 50% of the time. So on the days I have them, like, I, I'm just with them. Okay. Um, yeah, and I think that that, is totally critical. I mean, I still wake up in the night when they're asleep, but not all the time. Um, and having a strong board of directors is really important so you're not the only one doing all the work. So like, it shouldn't land just on your shoulders. Um, yeah.
Yes, good question. <laughs> and you have good advice. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so the, the board, how do people get involved with the board? Is there like a nomination process or people volunteer for it? Who's on it, if you can say? Yeah. There. Um, so we are expanding our board, actually. And, um, you know, when you build a board, you want like all kinds of diversity so that you have like the, your um, community, ideally you would have something from the community that you're serving on your board. And then um, you also need like, you need somebody who's from like banking or finance so that you can have a treasurer who can overlook what you're doing. Cause like, I'm not, I was never good at math. I stayed back in first grade for a reason. Yeah. Um, and you know, you need somebody in like communications and, and who can also connect you to other people, but you need not too big a board, but maybe like nine people right now. We only have four. And so I desperately need to add seats and I'm looking for like a full range of diversity, um, as I do that. How does the, the Garces foundation plan to scale for the future? Uh, I know that's a broad question, but there's a lot in the news about immigrants and the challenges that they're facing. So what do you guys have planned for the next couple years? Well, so we, we want to like always stay mission focused. Um, so we're deepening our education program by adding um, basic education in Spanish through a partnership with the Mexican consulate. So uh, people can learn basic math skills in Spanish um, and other, you know, like kind of like get your elementary school education and then your high school diploma. And because once you have that, you also, it helps you with work and helps you with language too. Um, so that's one thing we're adding, kicking up this summer. Um, and then, I mean, at some point we're so like, we're so new. We do our health clinics out of Dr. Garces's dental office and the architect's office next door, you know, so doing it at an architect's office isn't my dream for us. Um, I would love to get enough money to have an actual clinic um, so that, I mean, it's just more professional, but also like we can, we don't have to rely on an architect's space being free. Um, and then going to other areas where the Garces restaurants are like Atlantic city, where there's also a huge immigrant population um, and, and supporting them. But um, yeah, like that. So if there's anything that you could tell people that are watching now um, that you need more of, what, what would that be? If it could be anything, what do you need more of? Besides, you know, funding, obviously. Oh, I was going to say, I, mean, I was like, can I save money? Yeah. <laughs> as far as things that we can do outside of monetarily. Yeah. Um, so many things. I mean, we need volunteers for teaching. Uh, we need volunteers at our health clinics. And that includes dentists, doctors, translators. Um, for English language teaching, you don't you can be an English speaker, and that's um, that works. People also say it's like so rewarding; they come back year after year to do it. Um, and then other expertise, like helping with a communications plan, um, copy editing, um, honestly, like building a new website, advising on those things, doing videos for social media. There's so many ways. And that's true, for, not just for me, but for every small nonprofit. Yeah. We all need massive support because we have such little staff. Sure. Yeah. How can other people become better allies to the immigrant community? How can we better educate ourselves so that we can help our, our brothers and sisters? Oh, that's such a good question. I mean, partly it's like, 
looking inside a kitchen and understanding that everybody in there is an immigrant. And also like what astonishes me in some of the dialogue about immigrants right now is demonizing of people who um, come here because like they're trying to make a better life for themselves and for their kids. Uh, they aren't here to like live off the dole. They're here to contribute. Mm -hmm. And like, like I said earlier, and this is so true, like nobody works harder. Mm -hmm. So it's remembering that, that these are very hard working, good people um, who just like, need a chance too, you know, and like we were lucky or not, whatever, we were fortunate to be born in a place where we're not having gang violence that, you know, where the in Honduras where people are saying like, you know, if you don't join the gang, we're going to kill you or whatever it is. Like if people are in seriously dire situations in uh, Latin America and of course they're coming here. Why, who would want to raise their children with that kind of danger and fear? I just feel like on putting yourself in their shoes would be a lot. Um, and then also, and I'm not, you know, we're not an advocacy group, but if you are distressed by what's happening, contacting your representatives about that. And voting, always. Who, who do people contact when you say contact your representatives? Who should they talk to? Uh, definitely, I mean, since the votes are happening about um, building a wall and things like that, your you know, senator and representative. Um, Philadelphia is really great as a sanctuary city and um, in supporting immigrants, um, but always good to just let your elected officials know where you stand or that you support what they're doing. Um, I think more vocal is better. Can you, can you talk at all about the wall? <laughs> uh, I, I can't. I mean, I would like, I just feel like we could say it, it speaks for itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I wish I could. <laughs> what do you enjoy most about your work? Oh, um, there's something like really spectacular about walking in and seeing the people who are being served um mm. it's that it's like really seeing seeing people so um, set up the, the picture for us when you walk in what does it look like what are people doing okay yeah we so i we're in the bach building which is this great old industrial high school in south philly that now has nonprofits and artists and interesting people working in there and we're in a three-room space you open up the door there's a big classroom there are two volunteer teachers um and then a you know table full of immigrants who are um, you know fitting us in between their jobs. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're like little kids playing in the corner, um, and it's just got like a great sound. Sometimes they're like they're singing to learn. They're you know whatever they're doing. All kinds of things are so engaged, and the teachers are so happy. And I always keep my office mm -hmm. door open so I can listen because it just has like such a great energy to it. Um, and at night. We, we've had, as I think I said earlier, like record demands since the 2016 election. And so my office at night is also takes on another class and so does our kitchen. Um, and it's just like, it's just bustling with, with great people. <laughs> and I mean, really the best thing about my job is seeing the people whose lives are being helped mm. and all the people who are willing to be a part of that, all the volunteers. Yeah. That has to be a great feeling. It is, it's really great. Uh, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned in, in your journey? I know you talk to a lot of people, you meet a lot of people, you see a lot of, of stories being played out right in front of you. What are some of the best things you learned? Well, I used to work for a tea company. Um, and I remember like there would be nights, on there'd be like a sun, Sunday nights when I would cry. So I was like, I can't believe 
I, this is my job. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's not a great place. So now, like, it's Sunday night. Great, I go to work in the morning because it feels really good. Um, I would say like that. That was the most important thing I did for myself. Um, and then, um, God, I mean, I kind of feel like that's it's like following the thing that really makes you feel like. Was it hard doing to, something. to take kind of like the leap of faith? Because if you've never worked for a nonprofit before, then you don't really know what you're getting yourself into. And then you <laughs> see how overwhelming it, it probably can be. Yeah. How did you make the decision to like fully commit to it? God, that's a good question. I mean, it was almost like I had no choice in terms of happiness. Um, and so I just had to do it. Um, but you definitely make less money and um <laughs> and you probably have more stress because there's fewer people bearing the burdens um but the reward is is like enormous um and that yeah. usually happens when you're making an impact in some way you're going to sacrifice either money or exactly one of those things that people really look for when they're in a job so um, yeah that's so true that's i so think true. for you it's it's the impact and probably the environment is great too yeah but you have to sacrifice one which is <laughs> the money but that'll come yeah you know, right that'll come i tell myself that <laughs> all the time <laughs> too uh, in this in the startup life but um when did your startup Get going, Penji. Uh, we've been around for a year and a half now, right. so um, it's been <laughs> I've been here since since the beginning, okay. Uh, and it's uh, it's interesting, I, I think, for me. Um, like you said, I definitely had a lot of miserable jobs in the past and things that I just wasn't passionate about or fulfilled in, yeah. And this it wasn't a decision for me when it came to joining yeah. a team like this because I had never done anything like it. Yeah. It was a challenge and I, I'm finally starting to see the way my work is making a difference. Like That's talking so to people great. like you, you know, using my gifts or, and my talents um, to create exposure and share the stories of others. That's um, so great. Yeah, that's something I really, I really want to keep doing. So yeah. Definitely the the happiest the happiest I've I've oh, been <laughs> so, so far. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear that. Um, so yeah. So what about you personally for the future outside of the foundation? Like, where do you see yourself going? Because I know you want to do other things too. I'm sure. <laughs> it's hard to answer, right? It is hard to answer because you know, like several years ago, this was the place I wanted to be, mm -hmm. and now I'm here, and there's so much work to do to like make it stronger and serve more people that I've really like sometimes it make I cringe when I'm like where am I gonna be in three years mm -hmm. I don't know maybe here if I'm lucky um because yeah I I honestly this is sort of where I see myself I wanted to be here I was like there's no way I'd get to that mm -hmm. job but then I was lucky and was it the Garces Foundation in particular or Oh wow! Really? Yeah, because I love wow. I love food. When I was nine, I had a cookie business. No, 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 you're fine. Um, yeah, I, I worked at a tea store, and then I was a tea buyer. Like, there's an I have an interest in food. I also just mm. like to go out to eat. Um, what are your favorite restaurants? Oh, uh, God. Are you vegan, vegetarian? No, I eat all kinds of food, <laughs> and I love Vernick Amada Village Whiskey. Um, I love veg is really awesome. Oh, I just went to Soraya in um, Northern Liberties. Oh, so good Lebanese food. 
so good. Uh, there's so many good restaurants. There's like the Empire of Restaurants on 13th Street with Bud and Maryland's and Barbuzzo. Love them. I try. I love to eat. No, I don't. A little bit. I'm going to Italy in oh, November. Sure. I know. I know. For I a food tour. What's your favorite food city? Oh. America. Oh, in America. Or you know, honestly, you might think like this is not true, but Philadelphia is amazing. I lived in New York City, Washington, D.C., Boston, and I've been to like a lot of cities. My brother lives in Seattle or north of Seattle. I want to move to Seattle. It's a great city. Yeah. It really is. Do they have good food? They have great food. Really? They really do, yes. And they have a lot of immigrants in Seattle, too, bringing right. a lot of interesting different cuisines, right. yeah. But I think Philadelphia is, has an amazing food scene. And you have, like, such a range of, of, like, levels of food, you know, so you can go to Vernick and pay a lot of money. But there's, like, great food on 9th Street in South Philly and, like, the neighborhood where I work in South Philly, Cambodian food. And it's there's a lot of gems. That so many gems. So yeah. many, yeah. Blogger I watch, and he only does like South Jersey and Philly oh. places. Um, I can tell you about them later, but just finding like, and it's and it's funny because I've lived in this area in Jersey and Philly my whole life, and oh. there's so many places I didn't know about. Yeah. Um, so I, I always love discovering like uh, new places, and our team, the Penji team, we love we love to eat. So oh. <laughs> we some of our things like we like trying new restaurants and stuff. That's so great. Where is your office? We're in Camden, so oh, okay. we're in downtown, downtown Camden, which there's not many options there, so we have to come to Philly a lot. <laughs> right, like right over the bridge, yeah. there's so much. Um, so I noticed you seemed skeptical when I said Philly. I thought Philly was the best food city. I just, yeah, I just feel like out of all the cities, I, I don't know, maybe because I'm used to Philly. I think so, you yeah. seem a little jaded. Yeah, I'm like, there has to be something better out there. Like maybe Chicago, I've heard Chicago. DC, I'm not sure. I want, no. No, I mean, they what do they have? Not, I don't know. I, I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> but I have never been like, oh my god, the selection is amazing. I mean, I heard of the mumbo sauce, but I don't. You ever never heard of that? No. Uh, it's this mild sauce that you put on on chicken wings. Huh. Um, I'm sure I'd like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the only thing I've. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. But um, yeah. And so that was the reason for you wanting to get into the rest this foundation. All like kind of unbelievably spectacular. Gotcha. You said you had a cookie business. Oh God, yeah. Were you an? So did you consider yourself an entrepreneur, or did you even know what that was at that? (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know what that was. Yeah. I would like to think of myself as one now, but I. Okay. I wish no, but I'm not. Uh, I wish I was. I don't even know what that means anymore. Like, it's such a trendy buzzword now. Entrepreneur, yeah. it's like everybody's using it. So huh. I'm not sure what it means anymore, to be honest. Well, whoever started Penji is an entrepreneur. He he doesn't like that term. Founder, co-founder. Okay. They they don't really like that term. But um, yeah, I think we, we got a lot of... Uh, good information so far is there anything you want to leave people with or any further information that um you think people need to know how can they get involved how can they reach you you. i mean go to going to our website would be great um garcisfoundation.org and then or finding us on facebook twitter instagram um and contacting me robin at garcisfoundation.org um, if you're interested in volunteering or coming and touring a health clinic or, you know, seeing a class or volunteering for a class, 
Oh, that would be great. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I've really enjoyed this, by the way. <laughs> I have one more for you. Um, if there are immigrants out there that feel discouraged, feel afraid, feel confused, um, or defeated mm-hmm. at all, what what words can you give to them to ensure them that brighter days are are coming yeah i mean that i think most people still believe like that this country is is unique because of the immigrants you know like when you look at the tech companies and and so and the restaurants etc like it's because of immigrants who came here with so much energy and passion um and wanted to like realize their dreams and that i think americans will come back to that it's like it's we've had dark days with immigration before um and they pass and uh also there's a lot of bark about ice raids and not always like the the follow-through and so um it's not i think as bad as it sounds like it is and so remembering that and then knowing like there's so many organizations out there that want to support you and get you information provide you with attorneys that like you know i think most people are good and and people want to support immigrants and we're going to get the political dialogue should change and it will awesome Awesome. Right. Thank you, Robin. Yeah. I appreciate it. That was fun. I was so nervous. <laughs> I don't know. I told you it would just be a conversation. Uh, so thank you for everybody who's watching or who is, is still watching right now. Um, this community conversation will be available um, still on our Facebook uh, to watch later and also on our website at some point. Um, and all Robin's information and the Garces Foundation information will be uh, included on the website and on our Facebook. Um, so again, thank you, thank Robin, you. for all the work that you do in, in supporting the immigrant community. And we look forward to supporting you as well here at Penji. So if there's anything that we can do, design work or anything like that, we'd love to do it for you. Uh, <laughs> thank you everyone for listening and watching and have a safe and productive day. Bye.